may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny And that's it for another season Cardiff City is staying in the championship They can't be promoted and we're here to pick the bones out of it At the view from the ninian after a couple of weeks off, I don't, can't remember really when we last did a podcast. We've got two games to discuss, and joining me as always is Ben Price. Ben, how's your fancy new football shirt? I'm very happy with it. It's very comfy, and it's a banger of a shirt. Tell the listeners how you got it and who it is. I won a classic football shirts giveaway, and it's a Olympic Marseille away kit from last year, I think it is. Mm, very nice, very nice. And Tom, have you got any new football shirts that you can share with us? I have. I bought that new goalie shirt that I've bought for five aside. That just oh, yeah. Milwaukee won on the front. Oh, you didn't win that in a competition. Well, yeah, I suppose you did, right? You won it on eBay. I won it on eBay. Yeah, it's it's an awful. It's like a nineties high neck Umbro goalie shirt. It's it's an absolute stinker, and I love it. The big yeah. round collars that go up like there. Look that's, like, that's that's the, the very same Ben Price. The very same. Not too Superb. dissimilar to your collar, but just a bit higher. <laughs> a lot higher. Because that's a, a round higher. neck, isn't it? It is around neck, yeah. Um, Tom's wearing a Patagonia T-shirt for those wondering at home. Um, yeah. Just a classic Patagonia. Patagonia. Patagonia, uh, Patagonia yeah. T-shirt. Um, right, let's start with the Reading game, Ben Price. Um, what pointless game of football. Can you take any positives from it? Uh, it finished. Yeah, did finish. Yeah, that was quite nice. I could get on the rest of my day. Um, I it was an early kickoff, wasn't it, on a Friday? It was a six o'clock kickoff on the Friday. Six o'clock, yeah. So your weekend so you was sort you of... You had your evening still to look forward to. yeah. And it's light out as well, so we've just finished doing the garden, so I've got to sit out there. I've got a nice little egg chair. All right. The last at the bottom. We caught the last... What's your favourite kind of egg? I don't don't like eggs. You don't like eggs? No. Egg fried rice is as much as I like, and that's because you can't taste the egg. hell. I mean, you could have just said scrambled, because scrambled is the best egg. Oof, I'm not sure. Oh, no. That's just a fucking stupid answer. Cabbage cream egg. See? Yeah, yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we? Uh, Tom, what's your favourite kind of egg? I'm a big poached fan. Um, But I've mastered the omelette over lockdown, so that's one of my proud achievements. All right, Gwen. (laughs) Yeah, that's why she's she's, she's a big influence in my life, actually, Gwen. Um, Tom, that Reading game effectively killed our promotion hopes, uh, killed our playoff hopes. Um, were Were you surprised by that? It didn't kill it, did it, mate? It, it <laughs> it's effectively been, it's been did. dead a while. <laughs> You've been flogging this playoff horse. We for a could long, still mathematically long. qualify until yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. So I know. It, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so fair enough. Hushy yapping gums. <laughs> well, that'd be a boring podcast if we all did yeah, that. Yeah, it would be a boring it? podcast. But no, yeah, it, yeah. It 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 felt like we were already on the beach, didn't it? Like it felt like we were done a few games before that. Well, you. You know, positives, they're a team pushing push for promotion and we didn't lose. Mm-hmm. So it, it was frustrating, though. Just, you know, we actually took took the lead with so little time left in that game and still managed to fuck it up. It's yeah. Just, it was just like, it's not even being upset. It's kind of like just seeing that, like the, the goal go in and just like, oh, again. Well, it's, annoying. Of, it's the of course moment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Of course it does. Of yeah. fucking course. And annoyingly, the um, the notifications are often ahead of the game you're actually watching. So you get the notification on your phone that's saying, oh, we've conceded a 94th minute equaliser before it's actually happened. Um, and that kind of, it, it both at once cushions the blow, but also makes it worse, doesn't it? 
Um, it was a soft penalty and then a very soft last minute winner. Um, when we scored that penalty at the 87th minute, did you think that was it? We were going to go on and win the game, bearing in mind that at that point there were three minutes left and that with the injury time, there were seven minutes left. Yeah, I sort of thought, oh, surely we can't throw it away now, but then remembered Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but how little you know us. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, it just felt like it was a comfortable three points that Reading didn't really seem like they were going to score either. But how many times did they hit? Did they hit the post? Or am I confusing that with Blackburn? Uh, you confused that with Blackburn. Blackburn, Blackburn hit yeah. the post about 14 yeah. times. They had 15 shots, uh, four on target, Reading did. Uh, we had, we had more shots on target than them. They just never felt like they were really... They had a couple of good chances, but you just never thought they were going to put them away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and yet... And yet, <laughs> we gave them that just that one too many chances. Uh, was it an own goal or did it go to Yakube Mate in the end? I think it went to mate, didn't it? I thought it went to mate, but I, I thought it was also could have been. I thought it was goal. an own goal. Yeah, I thought it was an own goal as well. Um, Tom, we we didn't start. Murphy came off the bench and he looked quite good when he came on. Um, is the main issue with our starting lineup that it's just too bloody slow? No, I think it's just they're too bloody knackered. I think the type of football that we play, um, we we give the opposition so much ball that you know. I think we're now fucked. Like, I think we've just run out of steam completely. You can't, you've got to rotate the squad mm-hmm. if you're playing that type of football because you can't have so many games coming thick and fast without making changes. And we don't make changes and we still play that football. So we went on a great run and now we've kind of run out of steam because we're just not changing the personnel enough. You've got to change either the tactic or the personnel and we're not doing either. But what, what tactics would you change it to? Like, what other way would you play with this team? I wouldn't, that's what I mean. I'd change the personnel more right. than I would change the tactics because it worked, didn't it? For It worked when he came in. We found our the way we were going to play and we went on that run. It's just now we've we've had injuries as well. And, you know, we're a few few people out of position, but I don't know. It, it, and now we're mathematically completely out of it. If he doesn't change something next game, I, don't, I really don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that point um, after we, we discuss the Brentford game as well, because that, you know, now the playoff dream is truly over. We can start switching things up. Um, ben, the Brentford game obviously happened last night. Um, it was a one all draw for anyone who didn't watch it or didn't know about that. Um, I thought we looked all right in the first half. I thought we were, you know, relatively good going forward. We held them off at the back, considering they've got Ivan Tomey, that Fosu was bopping around, they got Mbwemo, but we did all right in the first half, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we were really good, actually. I thought it was the best we've played in a long time. It, there was a big, big improvement. Um, I was in like, a few chats and sort of saying predictions before the game kicked off. I was fully expecting us to lose 3 or 4-0. Mm-hmm. I was sort of in that mood. And yeah, we like started really, really brightly. I thought it was a good performance. Wilson probably looked the best he has in a long time. Really looked up for it. Really looked like a player that wants to take a game by the scruff of the neck, which is sort of what you sort of want from Wilson. Um yeah, it's a shame we couldn't keep it up in the second half, but the first half um, was a real positive. It was the false hope. Yeah, the false dawn before the crushing realisation that Alex Smithies can't catch anymore. Um, before that, we had another penalty, Tom. Um, it, kind of less soft penalty. It was a clear handball from the Brentford player. Um, and it puts Kiefer on, I think, 18 now for the season, which I think is the most since probably Jay Bothroyd's season um, back in 2010, 2011. That's obviously a good thing, isn't it? Yes, I think he's level with him, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Bothroyd's ahead on assists, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's fantastic. Like to see him, they, they, he might play in the la- next few games because he's going to want twenty, isn't he? 
yeah, he's going to be pissed off if Mick puts him on the bench or drops him out of the squad. So I, I think we will probably just run him into the ground. But no, it's great to finally have a striker banging them in. It's just a pity that everything else has stopped clicking recently. Well, it, well it, he, I suppose he didn't score in seven games, didn't he, until two in the last two, um, which he, kind of sums it up really. Because the other bad run we had as well when he was injured, you know, it's no coincidence. If he's not firing, we don't fire as a team. Um, just looking through the championship top scorers on BBC, Kiefer Moore has, how many assists does Kiefer Moore have for this season, Ben Price? Four. Tom? Two. One. One oh. assist. Which is quite low, considering he's a big man who wins loads of headers. It shows um, the, It shows another issue we've got within the squad of people getting on from him. It's a bloke that's put up there to win flick-ons. And no one gets beyond him. I don't think there's a person that's won more aerial duels in the league than him. In like Europe. In Europe. In Europe. In Europe. He's among and, one of the most... Yeah, it's mental. And he's that's got one assist. assist. It's like 14.2 aerial duels a game. That's insane. Isn't it? It's and then, insane. And then, but it's not going to anyone unless he's holding no. it up himself. It's unless not his fault. But clearly that's not his fault. It's, no. the issue, it's the issue of the players getting in around him, which is just mental. Because another stat you look at then is that he's got like the one of the worst completion rates of passes because it's him... Winning aerial duels that aren't going anywhere. Duels aren't going anywhere. Yeah, it's like him and like Akinfen were. His um his shot accuracy is fifty percent, and he's got a, a goal every one hundred and seventy nine minutes. Uh, so he's taken eighty four shots, and it says his shot accuracy is fifty percent. I presume that's on target because uh, he hasn't scored. Um, however many goals that would be forty two goals. Um, no other Cardiff player in the top twenty five though, uh, going down to eight goals on Alex Mauer, um, which shows that there's. For once, usually we our goals are spread quite nicely around the team, aren't they? You've got a few seven or eighters in there, but this year it's literally key for more, and then no one else is scoring. That's and Morrison on five after that. No, but what I mean is, Tom, is like when we went up, you had Patson on ten. I think Hoylet got sort of eight or nine. You had Zahor on about ten. Then you had a clutch of defenders yeah. on five or six. We've got Zahor on eighteen. Then we've got Morrison maybe on five, and then who else is there? Yeah, we've got a few bobbing around that mark. I suppose, yeah, we haven't got people in the eights and things. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But yeah. we scored quite a lot of goals this year. It we have scored quite a lot of goals. Yeah, Until we were... the last, what, eight games, whatever it is, or ten games, we've scored like five goals. We've um, jumped in ahead. We've only won one in nine and scored five goals in nine games. Oh, I should have read the... Which we'll come to after we talk about Alex Finney's <laughs> mistake, Ben Price. Um, what the fuck was he doing? I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of the whole goalkeepers union. Goalkeepers need to stick together, but throw throw him under the bus. Come on, I put him in front of it, but any fucking drop and go under him. Um, It's yeah, it's just I don't know what he was doing. The positioning was wrong. It wasn't like he got like his feet tangled up and just lost it. He just spooned it into the goal. It it wasn't a shot going anywhere. It wasn't a threatening shot. It wasn't the most comfortable of heights. I think like um, Glenn Williams posted. Um, a photo of Andy of Dibble and um, Phillips after the game, sort of going over what they did wrong with the shot mm-hmm. and sort of the height of it. And it's clearly it's not like the most comfortable of heights, but it's meat and drink an elite, for a good goalie, though. An elite goalkeeper, well, a decent like if if that happened on Sunday league, you'd be saying for fuck's sake. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I it just, was yeah, yeah, it was an absolute howler. And he, he almost did it a few minutes later, or maybe I can't remember if it was a few minutes later or even longer away. He a shot came centrally. He went the other way and just got his arm out the other way to to palm it away. Uh, he's it just could been, have been so mistake. shaky since he's come in, and it's mental to see how far back he sort of regressed. 
the last few months. It's as if he's like the pressure of fighting for his place again has really got to him this time. It's like he hasn't got the mental strength to do it again. Yeah. Do you do you think, Tom, that he saw Phillips and and really realized that you know, not you, Dylan Phillips, your your cousin, and really realized that like the pressure was on him at this stage to, to keep his place, and that's gotten into his head somehow because he he doesn't look the same competent keeper as he was twelve months ago. Yeah, I think having that kind of stop-start nature as a keeper isn't going to help. And I think that just coming back in and making a mistake, he made two mistakes in that first game back, didn't he? Mm. And now he just his confidence seems absolutely shot from it. Um, and I, I don't know, I feel sorry for him because he was so reliable at the beginning of the season until he made that one mistake and people got on his back a little bit. He was, he, you know, we were on about how how great he was that he was in the team. You know, the the defenders were you could. You see, they were building confidence, having him behind them, and then yeah, it's just it seems a broken, broken man now. I'm glad we have got Phillips in the squad, you know, as backup. But it, that might be Smithy's done for now because you can't play him again next game. Well, because what you, you're just going to damage Phillips's confidence as well. Is it, I think is it, it's damage limitation. You've just got to get Phillips back in, and I know I know it's horrible for Smithy's, but I think he's got to, he's got to sit out now. You can't make three mistakes in three games of that nature. It's just it's just too much at that level. You can't drop a bloke after a 5-0 loss when none of the goals were his fault. Yeah. And then have a keeper make two howlers in two games. Or is it three and two or two and three or something like that? And sort of then expect, then say, oh, he's still keeping that shit. Because that's not fair. That's not the way to go about it. I know Smithy's the highest in the club. I know there's issues with that, that he needs to like sort of earn his money. But no, when when you're a goalkeeper, you're making that level of mistakes. Your place is rightly up for grabs and Phillips mm. has done more than enough in the games he was in between the sticks to sort of earn and sort of hold on to that jersey for now until the think, end of the season. Do you think, you know, we were missing Sean Morrison and Sean Morrison's probably our best defender and our defence has gone to part since Sean Morrison's not been there. Do you think, Tom, that Smithies could potentially be missing Morrison more than most? Like, they, you know, their relationship was the strongest of the, the relationships and that's why it's not working for him. Possibly, but that doesn't excuse the type of mistakes he's making. Mm. Like in the um, the Blackburn game, it was you know it, it's just he had wrists like prone prone crack his wrists, yeah, and then and then just didn't get to the floor quick enough to get them for the second goal. And then they're not communication was, errors, are they? It's not no, like it's a no. lack of they're harmony. Con- they're concentration the errors, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and if anything, he should be concentrating more, knowing Morrison isn't in front of him. He should be more alert for those type of chances. And it's just. It's clearly not working out for him. And it's sad to see that happen. And we've seen it with a few of our keepers who end up shot of confidence towards the end of their tenure at the club. But, you know, you, it looks like the end of the road for him now, doesn't it? After after kind of making a resurgence, it's a real pity. Yeah, it's an end to, it would be an end to a strange career at Cardiff, wouldn't it? Because he mm. came in, was second fiddle to Etheridge, uh, then came in and looked like the keeper we've been missing while Etheridge was absolutely struggling. And now he's gone back to that that starter game where he just doesn't look, you know, that Gillingham game in the FA Cup where he absolutely flapped at a shot that was straight down his throat. It's kind of almost come full circle for him. Um, we'll be interested to see what happens in the summer. Um, and obviously we can we can start thinking about that now because, uh, sad to say, boys, the playoff dream's over. Um, we were... are, you willing to, are you actually properly willing to accept that now, mate? Yeah, because mathematically we can't get into the playoffs. Like, <laughs> You'll fight whole, some way. <laughs> my whole point around this has been that mathematically we could have gotten into the playoffs until yesterday. And obviously now we can't. The, the dream's over. So I'm going to ask you guys, Ben, um, we're not able to get into the playoffs. Are you disappointed after Mick coming in and turning things around to now? How do you feel about missing out on the playoffs in the end? I'm not heartbroken because I, I don't want more playoff 
disappointment. Mm-hmm. But it'd be nice to sort of take it to the final day of the season and miss out then. Probably been a bit more fun. <laughs> We're probably going to make probably made it a bit more fun for the rest of it. It gives us more to talk about, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And let's be real, probably gives a few more listens. But um, it's just a case of just like it, I didn't really expect it. I didn't think we were going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. in the end, the way this season sort of turned out. And it's look, all credit to the players for sort of keeping the getting us in it when before we were looking at being in a relegation fight. So it's not been a total disaster. It's just a shame it ended so quickly. Do you agree, Tom? Um, if we finish below plucky eighth, I'll be fucking fuming. You know, where where are we in the table well, now? Like, Coupe yeah, have nine. gone on a mad one, haven't they? Yeah, but, on a massa. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, like Ben said, I won't be heartbroken by it. I think it's just a little bit of hope when we went on that run. We had chances to really claw people back, and we were in we were in the playoffs for a very short period of time as well. So knowing that we come that close, and then we've just gone on such a bad run recently, and we were still within touch and distance for a while. Yeah. There's just so many of those missed opportunities, like the Forest and Wednesday games, and it's just the way we missed out as well. Like getting pumped by Wednesday five 0 is an embarrassment. It's just the nature, like the damp squib of the, this season in the end. And um, in reality, we only put two good runs together this year: yeah. one under Harris and one under Mick. And it shows like how kind of fragile the nature of the championship is all you need to do is have a couple of runs you can be average for like 70 80 percent of the season and still be in with a shout but it's just we haven't pieced those wins together at the key moments but you know i you know it gives mick time to bed in now over the summer have a proper pre-season this year and we go again next year and i think we will be in again We'll be in and around it again. I'm, I'm sure of it and you know at least we're not doing what derby are doing because it could have easily been that way like we, we were kind of being mentioned in the same breath as they were, like we're down at the bottom end of the table, and we went on that run, and they really haven't. So we've only won sixteen games. I know it, Brentford. Not... Brentford, for all their brilliance, have only won twenty out of forty-two. Like they've won less than half their games so far this season, and they're up in fifth place. So you're right. The championship is a is a mental league, and you talk about the runs you've been on. So since beating Derby four nil, um, good segue. That you said Derby. We're talking about runs. I had a, a fact lined up. We've only won one game in nine. Obviously the Swansea game. Been thrashed in that time five nil by Sheffield Wednesday, and only scored five goals over that nine games. Um, ben, do you, does it feel like to you that the players have crumbled somewhat under the pressure of getting to the playoffs, or was it just we've run out of steam completely because we're only playing 12, 11 players? We, we can... Yeah, I think it's just a case of running out of steam. Um, Mick is clear that the system Mick wants to play is high press and high intensity. It's clear that's what he wants out of players. Um, it's also clear that there's a lot in that squad that he's had a look at and doesn't trust and doesn't rate at all and doesn't want them near the squad. They're only coming on match days because he's got a fill the bench. bench. So, um, yeah, I think that it's just a combination of all that. It was always just going to sort of just grind to a shuddering halt, which it clearly has done. Oh, it's miserable, isn't it? Miserable. Um, it could be a lot more miserable, though, mate. Look on the bright side. It could have been, like we said, it could be now. We could be looking at someone like Derby, five losses in six, and facing finishing below Rotherham when they were half expected to be promoted this year. I, I I do I look at Derby in the table now. They're only four points above Rotherham. Um, even Wickham can still catch them, although it's it's goal difference pending on that one. But they're only four points above Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, and Rotherham have got those two games in hand over Derby. Like it could all it could all go mental for Derby. 
um, which we'll talk about when we come to the Wickham game. Um, but the, the, the key question that a few people have been asking over the last few games, Tom, and as the season has come to a grinding halt, Simon Hiscox put it, put it uh, quite succinctly, was McCarthy's award of a two-year contract premature? Are we going to see the same old style next season or will he magically transform our team and style of play? Um, that first point, um, and we, we can talk about it until the cows come home, do you think now that the award was premature? Um it seems like a daft business decision, doesn't it? I, I wasn't disappointed when I saw it. Yeah. Because I was quite glad that we tied him down and, and I'm still happy he's going to be around. But like, if you look at it, you. <laughs> um, if, if you look at it as a pure business decision, it seems daft. Why give him a short-term contract till the end of the season and then get rid of the flexibility of yep. waiting? Um, it, it seems a, bit, a little bit panicky. Perhaps, you know, people touting him saying he's going to Celtic and stuff did put the willies up our owners a little bit so kinky kinky again I thought stay on theme um but yeah it it does seem a bit of a weird decision but I'm I'm happy sticking around if you look at it from a like personal point of view Ben yeah definitely gave it too early I think it's just a clear indication that what a belter as manager played just absolute superb I'll drop this in the Celtic are looking at Mick and then all of a sudden he gets handed a contract it's absolutely textbook play and the club didn't want to take the bluff in just in case it was true. And um, yeah, we got two years of Mick, which I'm not delighted with, but I'm not like gutted about either. It sort of is what it is, but I don't think, although I could be wrong, I don't think we're going to see much more. I think we'll probably see more of the same next year of sort of in and around the playoffs. But one, I don't think the club are going to spend much in the summer. And two, I just don't think we're going to sort of plough on too much next year. And the league could be quite strong next year with the teams coming down as well. It's gonna be quite. It's gonna be a bit more tough than this year. I would. I would agree on the Mick McCarthy points. I'd say I'm whelmed. I'm neither over or underwhelmed with him sticking around. It's just you know, it is what it is. But I, I think we. I just think it showed the naivety of the, the people running our football club. Like, you know, if if you if you're if you're half serious about giving a manager a six month contract, don't bake it into the contract that you can't leave before the six months is up. Like to say he has to stick around for the summer, and at that point you'll discuss the contract. But the reality of the situation is that they were that you know they were so nervous about losing him that they dived into a two two year deal with him, which is probably not going to be on small money, and kind of throws away all the ethos and planning around it. It's just like it's just classic Cardiff City, really, isn't it? The run we were on also helped his case sure. massively. For sure, it was the perfect it was a perfect storm from his agent at the perfect time to drop that in with the Celtic links, and a fantastic run where spirits are high. Fans were loving it. Fans were behind him. Like, I I totally get why they did it, but like, it just shows how little business acumen these businessmen have that they didn't go, here's your six month contract. You're baked in for the next six months. You can't go anywhere until this six months is over. There's a clause in there that says against that. And at the end of the year, we'll discuss a deal. It just shows how naive they were when it comes to this kind of thing. I think, though, like, a lot of people are almost mick out, don't they, because of the style of football. But he's a very, (laughs) very good manager at this level. He knows how to get out of this league. People seem to love him around the club when he when he speaks to people who are in and around it, and I, I think he will have a massive positive impact, especially when things go back to normal. Because he's a type of manager you, who can really build a rapport with the fans, and hopefully we'll be back there soon as well. And I think with that with that buzz of everyone going back, his style of like presses and things like that, I think it could be a real real positive season for us next year. I don't even think the football's been that bad. It's not like it's been absolutely dire. It's just not been too inspiring, but. Given where we are and sort of the players are clearly knackered, I think that could be expected. There were times like Brentford, I thought we played some really, really nice stuff. We have, as we always say, final third, just knocking about brilliantly and sort of created some nice, good chances. It's not. 
horrific. It's just not superb, is it? No, but the and I think that's the issue, right? We're very direct until the final third where we play some nice football, but a lot of the time, and especially in the second half yesterday, we we rarely got into the final third, right? So it becomes a kind of you 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 back yourself into as a as a team, we seem to back ourselves into our own half to a point where we can't escape it, and then we just become that team where we're just aimlessly lumping it up to Kiefer Moore, who's flicking it onto no one, and that's that's the issue, right? Our style works, but when you know when teams start pressuring us, we can't then get out to utilize our style and get it direct up to pitch. Um, we just end up kind of back against the walls um, three games left um, I just thought can... one sorry I thought there's one thing I was supposed to bring up as well have, have you noticed the issue we've got with cutbacks every every goal we've conceded has been from like a cutback that our defence have just missed and sort of there's a free man in the box who's in the field defenders recently yeah. it's like clubs have de- definitely sort of pinpointed that as a weak point for us where the wing backs they've pushed on a little bit they've exploited their little gap in the channel and our three, our three centre backs without Morrison seem to be so slow and so incapable of like communicating to each other. And the, mid, the midfielders aren't reading it. It's just it, clear, easy sort of put-ins. Tony had a couple that you should have buried if you was you'd have thought normally um, for Brentford. And same with um, Reading. It's it, mad. It was happening earlier in the season as well. When we lost to Bristol at home. I think their goal came from a cutback when Nelson, both neither Nelson or Morrison got out quick enough. They just got to the line, cut it back in, and neither our defenders reacted. And I remember that happening o- over two or three games under Harris. And I think it's just our defensive line, right? It's so, it's so, it ends up going, so, it just gets pushed back, is it, to the point I was making. You get pushed back, pushed back, pushed back until you're basically on the edge of your area. When they put a cross in, you go with the ball, which opens up that space behind you. And there's such the gap between our defence and midfield that there's no one there to cover it. You've got to stop the ball again in the box. So I think that's the main issue. We do, issue, yeah. Rather we than do. dealing with it once it's in there, because it's so difficult to deal with the ball being cut back. But I think that's what I help having a... Like, you know, we, we've got full-backs out injured and have had them for a while now. We've been a bit unlucky with Ossie Tutu, with Bennett, you know, Bargain as well. And, you know, pre-season now, throwing people back in, I think that's something that we can... Yeah. It's something we can sort out in the training field, which we haven't had the opportunity to do this year so far. Three games left, um, Wickham, uh, Birmingham, um, Rotherham. Um, what would you like to see happen over the next three games, Tom? Bit of experimentation, dead rubbers against teams scrapping for their lives. Um, who, do you want, who do you want to see? Who do you want to play? This is where we could actually jazz it up tactically a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like Jazz Richards. Jazz Richards getting back in um, <laughs> after a stint to Halford West. Um, I think, yeah... Obviously, why not shake it up? Get a few youngsters in. Don't, don't not wholesale changes because you don't want to knock confidence of the whole squad ending uh-huh. the season. But you know, just play with a bit more intent. You know, get the ball down a little bit more. I'm not saying try and get seventy percent possession, but you know, but just try 50, something. Fifty percent. Yeah, let's go towards fifty again. <laughs> I know it didn't work under Neil Harris, but get, you know, not fifty-six. Just creep around the fifty mark. 48 to 52 would be nice. It's a curse yeah. ratio, but we'll take it. I would quite like to see Kiefer hit 20 goals. Hopefully he can score two, get a brace within 10 minutes of the next game, and then he can no, sit out to the rest Euros. of the season. Yeah, don't bother. <laughs> but, you know, it would be nice to see like the likes of Colwell come in. Um, maybe put Ratcliffe in goal. <laughs> you know, he's not going to do any worse than Smithies at the moment. Um, but, you know, it is an ideal opportunity to, to get new blood in. But, Again, it's frustrating that we've got nothing to play for when you look at the, the three teams we've got left, really. Yeah. Again, the missed opportunities. Um, ben, would you see more youngsters come in? Do you want to see Colwell? Is there anyone else you've got your eye on that you want to bring in? Keenan Patton, um, Isaac uh, Davis. Colwell's definitely the guy I want to see sort of give and run. He's sort of been earmarked as the guy that we're sort of looking at internally that could 
look to step up and fill sort of like be that second man for Kiefer. Um, the only way we're going to know if he's going to do it is if he's given a decent run at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think Kiefer just, I want to see him get 20 goals, but I also want to see him hit 20 goals in the Euros as well. Yeah. What does but, as well? What, like, what yeah, what's is going on? Well, like, why is he not going to run the games now? That it, This is a key opportunity for him. It wouldn't, it gen- playing... genuinely wouldn't surprise me. I, I said on Twitter about how, um, because it's the playoffs and t- Mick, Mick feels an obligation to make sure Cardiff are still competitive and he's fielding a strong side for that reason. Yeah. Um, I think the changes could happen on Saturday, but then Wickham in a releg- relegation battle and could officially be relegated on Saturday um, if we beat them. So um, it wouldn't surprise me to see some changes or the game after that where it's sort of dead and it is a dead rubber. But um, yeah, I think I don't think it's going to be a case of we're going to play the same team again. I think there will be changes. I think it'll give a, a big insight into what Mick's thinking is going into next season. You know, w- will we will Johnny Williams get a new contract, for example, things like that? Is he going to get game time now? I think we'll see little decisions here and there of where Mick's going to, you know, lay his hat next year. I Should think Johnny- on how many minutes Hoyle will get. Yeah, I'm going to go with none. Yeah, I'm going to go with 14. Oof, bold. Uh, I think Johnny Williams will get a new contract. I think Johnny Williams is like. He was he came in now to to be the the long term starter when Wilson goes. Do you reckon? Yeah, because he was pl- like plugging a gap. Like no, I think he's. I think I think I can see him starting next season, and we'll get someone else. We'll get someone as a foil. If if it's Carl Willow, it's someone else. But we'll have Johnny Esther as our starting number ten. Um, because he's he's really good in the transition, right? And that's the thing we're struggling yeah. with at the moment is taking the ball from, you know, it goes from Volks and Pack to whoever's up front. But if we can get someone like William, uh, Williams in who's a ball player who can bring the ball out of the transition, that's going to be really important for getting the wide players on and then getting crosses into the box, right, for Kiefer. So, um, so like for this end of the season then, do you play Johnny Williams or do you keep him off because of potential injuries? What's the point in playing Wilson if he's not going to be there next season? Well, I I wouldn't like, play what, what I wouldn't play I wouldn't I wouldn't play Wilson. I'd switch it between Colwell and, and Williams, and I think okay. I would probably I would probably prioritise Colwell purely because Williams is going to be going to the Euros as well, and I would rather he he stays injury free for the Euros because I'd be gutted if he played against Wickham and went off with, after five minutes with another injury or something like that, yeah. right? Um, that's that's just my view on things. Um, but I I would I'd be surprised. I would be. Surprised if we if if Wilson starts all three of the next games, I'd be surprised if we he, he starts any of them. Actually, uh, I would be surprised if he starts any of them because I think his focus is now going to be getting into the Euros. Right, he's, he's he's guaranteed and he's rubber stamped to go into the squad. He doesn't want to get injured over the next three games in the, in pointless games, does he? I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that clear cut with Wilson because he's clearly got to make a move in the summer. He's got to put himself back in the shop window and show. I think part of why we saw him do so well against Brentford was he knew he was on Sky. There'd be a lot of eyes on him. Yeah, but I think he's got to th- put himself in that shop window big time. I know the Euros is a better way to do it, but I think that's what he'll be thinking season, about. Season strong for his next move. Wonder what his next move will be. I don't see us paying twenty million quid for him on that first option. Um, and talking about next season, then we talked about the players we'd like to see next season. Who and and and, and at the end of the season, who don't you want to see playing for Cardiff in the next three games? Is that you know you've got players you don't want to see? Who who would you remove from the squad now, Tom? Smithies, oh. I think you know that's a bit of an obvious one at the moment. Um, to be honest, her squad is relatively thin anyway, so I don't think there's many people who can just say, "Ah, oh, don't bother playing him," because there's not natural people to come in in some positions. Um, but 
I don't know, really. I don't think there's anyone I desperately want to see off the pitch apart from Smithies, to be honest. Ben? Uh, I don't want to see Tomlin in the squad. Ooh. Don't think he deserves to be. Um, yeah, don't, enough, think yeah. con- don't think he contribute if he did come in. Um, I think his attitude's poor from the way he's sort of been behaving on social media. And um, I pay him up in the summer and sort of just send him on his way because I think it's a done deal now. He's just... I've lost interest in him. Um, the bloke that did so well for us last year isn't there. He's gone back into his old ways. He's had too many chances now. It's time to cut our losses and sort of God, leave the memories alone. I, I totally understand where you're coming from, but it's 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 quite sad that it, from last season where he was our hero to now that it's um. And I know it's not I, it's not the club's fault. I think you know the club treated him in the right way. It's, it, it just shows that how how destructive players can be, doesn't it? Yeah. And he looks, he's got a nice he, girlfriend he's, he's, he's not going to be the kind of person on the trading ground, um, sort of putting 110% into it and sort of encouraging his teammates around him when he's not involved in the squad, is he? You don't want him in a dead rubber, do you, either? No. Huffing no, he, about, he'll get himself sent off. It's quite, it's quite, um, uh, if you look at his recent Instagram post, that uh, only a smattering of, of Cardiff's current squad seems to like them and not that regularly as well. Which He's the you... most UOK hung player we've got. Yeah, it makes it makes you wonder if they're just like a bit fed up of his shit as well. That's yeah. the most in-depth analysis you've done in a while, actually, looking at who's so been liking can... his Instagram. <laughs> well, on his last photo, it was Kiefer Moore and Aidan Flint. On the one before, it was Manga. Um, and then a few back, it was... There were, oh, there were Bruno. Back. I miss Bruno. Um, but I forget, I forget that Bruno Manga and Lee Tomlin existed in the same world because obviously Tomlin oh, came yeah. in that season um, where we got promoted when Manga was at his best but they didn't really play with each other after that did they um, kinky um, it, uh, I guess for, for the players that I don't want to see again uh, this season I will probably go with oh it's a toughie it is a toughie I'm going to go with Kiefer Moore <laughs> I, I, I literally can't think of one I, I ask the questions on this podcast I don't answer them all right? I want to see Murphy play every minute as well I'd love to see Murphy get hundred, you know, 270 I'm, minutes of the last three games I, I, wouldn't, I, I don't care if I see Ojo again to be honest I think he's he's fallen away at the, at the later end of the season and um, I'd rather see Murphy ahead of Ojo basically I'm a bit bored of the Murphy debacle now it just feels like a problem we're never going to solve. But is it a debacle, though? He's doing more than sort of... We said he'd come good with... It felt like it's a horse syndrome, but there's more... From, I'm seeing a lot more from Murphy yeah. than I did from, like, it's a horse burst and spells, like his one goal against Southampton. Um, well, a lot, I, a lot more. There's horse, more. I, I know we, we talk about, you know, fed up with the debacle, but, like, play him more. Like, when he came on against Reading, he looked good. When he comes on, he looks good. But, like... yeah. yeah. We just don't start him in games, and I don't understand why he we did all right up top for, for the limited ball he saw against Brentford. Yeah. He did all right when he came on then. Exactly, just give him a start or two. Um, I got, got I got some Wickham Wickham update. Wick update. They've, they've just scored a ninety third minute penalty Shh. against Bristol City. Yeah, the front Ooh. door. So yeah, Akin Fenwa ninety third minute. Two oh my god! god. So they're thirty six. So they're only seven off survival with with nine to play. Yeah, exactly. So they got something to play for now. It makes it a little bit more interesting. They've had twenty shots and six on target against Bristol tonight as well. I'm glad I I, I baked in a, a bit of a line about um whether you know how we treat the Wickham game in if they will if they still had a chance to stay up. So we'll talk about that after the Twitter quizzes, uh, Twitter questions. 
Um, first question from Benefactor, uh, Rasping Dog. Uh, Geordie looked very composed when he came in at left wing back. If the Super Cannon franchise FC were to allow him to return on loan for a reduced deal based on his injuries, would you go for the deal? And as we've got him playing for the rest of the season or not, Tom? I'd like to see him. I think it, I think it was a, a big, big loss for us. He looked, he looked a good player. And I think, look, we said about how vulnerable, how vulnerable we've been out wide at times, and he would have been an ideal person to be in there. And mm-hmm. I think we've missed out on not having him this season, so I wouldn't mind giving him another go again. Ben? Head over heart, isn't it? Heart says I'd love him back because he clearly looks a player, but your head goes, bloke can't stay fit. Um, it's, it's not that of- repetitive, though. It's just this season, wasn't it? He played a lot of football last year and he was fine. No, I think he missed quite a bit last year as yeah, well. He, like, 20, oh, he did, did he? 21 games, I think it was. But he was very effective in those 21 games. Yeah, like he, well, like he was for us. So you can't argue the impact yeah. he had when he played. It's just, oh, can he stay fit? You don't want another Isaac Marcel. Although he might need some company in the treatment rooms, you know. Well, him, Isaac and Johnny could have a lovely time in the treatment room next year. That seems like a really friendly group as well, because they all seem yeah. like quite nice lads. Yeah. Uh, do you see that photo of Johnny Williams shaving his head? <laughs> his on, head, uh, yeah. I think he used it. <laughs> It's quite funny. Um, and Benefactor again says, this is not pack-hating. Genuinely, is, I reckon he's quite talented, but why does he decide to have a brain fart and play hostile passes every single game? I mean, that pass yesterday against Brentford was um, it was mind-boggling, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, the one person you don't want to go to as well is Ivan Tony. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's got that in him at the moment, though. I don't know what's going on. Like, he can play a really, really solid game of football and look com- composed on the ball. And then just turn around, blind pass it back to the keeper with no one around him and just sort of hope it goes okay. Because he underhits it every time as well. It's just I, I, lack of concentration. Just, I think that's it. I was going to say end of the season. Um, he's thinking about his summer holidays and getting a haircut. This is he's he's, he's done long. this a lot this season. Though. This isn't. A, yeah. It's not like a one-off thing. It's been throughout the season he's made these. End of season, Ben. This whole season's been end of season at times. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Under <laughs> Harris, it didn't look like we were going to get anywhere. End of season. When Mick McCarthy came in, did all right. <laughs> but now, end of season. <laughs> Um, we, we kind of covered this off already, Tom, but um, I think it's, it's, it's more of the kind of um, theoretical question behind it. Dan Carey asks, fans calling for Mick to play the kids when it's still mathematically possible to make the playoffs, right or wrong? Um, I, think, I think what Mick McCarthy's done is right. You know, while, as I've said before, while we've mathematically got the chance to qualify for the playoffs, he has to set the team up to be as competitive as possible. It's probably not fair on Ruben Colwell to put the pressure on him and go, right, you're going into this game with the expectation of getting us into the playoffs. That's my view. What's your view, Tom? Yeah, the same, to be fair. I, I, I wasn't, when I was saying about changes earlier, I it wasn't like I wanted to see all the kids brought on. I thought we could have just, you know, shake up a little bit. But yeah, while while we mathematically had a chance, you've got to go for it, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen. And it'd be such a missed opportunity if it, we could have... Damned if he did, a, damned if he didn't at that Yeah, point. exactly. But now, like you said, we're completely out of it. Do what you want. Change, change stuff up. But yeah, if we had... Well, we were mathematically in it. Yeah, you've got to play your strongest team, obviously. And Ben, I've got a question for you now from Daniel Morgan. Um, this old this old chestnut. Honest opinion on Wilson's season. Personally, love the boy, but think he's been bang average. Um, and then Sean has come in on, um, on the replies and said, wasn't half the player I thought he'd be either, but long ball probably doesn't help him. Um, it's back to what you were saying, Ben, right? You you know, you you got on your soapbox about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think I, I think both lads are right there. Um, style of football doesn't help, but Wilson hasn't hit the heights you'd expect of him either. Um, I think I don't think he's going to be looking back on the same level of fondness to this loan move as he did when he was at Derby, for instance, where he's sort of playing some fantastic stuff, which is a real shame to be honest, because 
he really could have had that sort of similar impact on the club mm. as Bellamy did when he came in at, um, that year from Man City. Um, he's that sort of level of talent and it's just not happened for him, which is a shame. But um, yeah, he'll do well next club anyway. He'll fly again. I do. I, I'm, I'd be sad to see him go. It's just it's annoying that we've had that level of player in a season that we've not been able to watch the games and it hasn't worked for him. Um, in you know, he's got to be fair, he's got a lot of assists. Um, he's got four goals, twelve assists, I think it is. So sixteen direct goal contributions. So he's done he's done something for us. But um, I agree. I think I expect to see more you know pinged free kicks and pinged long balls and things like that. And he just hasn't really hasn't really lived up the expectation. <clears throat> uh, Nathan L CCFC Tom, having watched the ESL drama over the last few days, does it make you worry about Tan's ownership of the club with his history? And would you be in favour of the 51% ownership rule in Germany? And is it in favour over here? And Tom, I think we talked about this um, kind of in the group chat or, or away from the, the podcast. I think for me, I, I can imagine that we've been first in queue to get in the, the ESL if it was offered to us, ESL if it was offered to us. Yeah. And I think it would have been the same for Swansea as well with the owners they've got. And like we were on about this the other night, I was thinking about it with like the rebrand and stuff. And, you know, success. You, I'd rather not have success. I'd rather look. I'd rather not have had the two stints in the Premier League and not look at that blot in our history where we had that rebrand debacle. And I think it's that kind of. I don't. I wouldn't want. Uh, I yeah. I would. I would fear for us in that position. But I think after all, it's not. I think. I think Tan has learned his lesson from that debacle, like the whole rebrand stuff. And I, I think he he knows now the backlash he'd get from fans. But yeah, it made me kind of reevaluate what I actually want from football. Is it just success or is it more, more to do with just the whole experience of it, going to the games, going with your mates and what the club actually means to you? Mm. And, you know, I'd rather not be successful and just not have those episodes like we've had. I don't think Tan would be the issue um, in this whole thing. It's if Cardiff somehow magically were invited to it, um, he wouldn't be the man I'd be worried about. There's someone in the, lurking in the shadows Shadows that appears and talks about whenever things are going well, that um, is far more snaky and sort of pushes for that direction than anyone else, and that's Mehmet Darman. Ah, oh, um, Sam Haman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't, I don't disagree with that point. I think Darman is, um, he, he would have been first in line for it, wouldn't he, if it was offered to him? I'm amazed he's not put a statement out now saying it's a mistake they've pulled out. To be honest, he's that just seems like that kind of guy. Well, he's probably, he's um, probably looking at Ed Woodward leaving Man United now, thinking he can get back there. They're welcome to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, fine for that. A bloke that's sort of trying to plan our summer while trying to negotiate a takeover of a League One club. You know, we didn't make enough of that as I think we should have, to be honest. I think back. I think to be honest, it was just. I think last summer was so weird in so many ways that I think we didn't really have time to absorb it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't think. I think fans in the stadium he'd have gotten a lot more backlash if like things were a bit more normal for that sort of takeover. I think so. Um, I think there would have been, you know, bed sheets written on with Dalman out on it, that kind of stuff. Um, we'd have seen some lovely little things of those. I think as fans though, we've become a lot more passive with this sort of thing because we're kind of used to it. And I think that's the sad thing about it now. Yeah. It's like, it, it's not, it's not new any of this. Whenever it happens, it's kind of like, oh, fucking hell, here we go again. And I think that's why you don't get the kind of anger, the vitriol from the fans anymore because they're just used to it. And that, that, yeah. yeah, we're worn down, aren't we? Yeah, we're worn down by it all. And then to the, the follow-up on that point, Ben, was uh, would you be in favour of the 51% ownership rule like in Germany? Um, and is it feasible over here? I don't know if it's feasible over here because I don't know the full ins and outs, but the, that fan representation on the board, the, the, the fan 
leaning club association. I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer, right? You, you'd want that. Yeah. It's something we've called for for a long time, more fan involvement from higher up. Um, it'd be a, it's a massive importance. Like, there's a reason that the German clubs outright said, no, it's not happening. We're not getting involved with it from the start. Um, and that's purely because they know what it means. They, they appreciate the fan culture. They don't have these silly kickoff times too often. And when they do, there's more of a shitstorm made of it. And fans are just better represented. When I can guarantee you in Germany, they've never used the phrase legacy fan, for instance. For instance. Yeah. They don't see fans coming to the stadium and sort of having their own sort of traditions as a problem. They embrace them, sort of welcome and make them part of their identity, which is the right way to go about this. Did, um, also, did you see um, on the point about German fans, did you see the Schalke players being chased through the streets by the Schalke fans yesterday? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that as well. That was quite funny, the fact they got egged. Yeah, and they're running through the streets because they are about to get battered. Um, I, think, I think, though, like, everyone looks at Germany as this great model, but they've got their own problems as well. The likes of Bayern Munich stuff out there have still got close ties of, like, Qatar, Dortmund, yeah. have done stuff out in Dubai. And, you know, I, I think if, there's a sad state of affairs across Europe as well. They, they're one of the better ones for it, but they've got huge problems around racism and stuff as well, like we've got over here. They, I think we've got a very idealistic view of their f- football fan culture out there. But, you know, but I, I do agree that something along that, like 50 plus one rule would work a lot better over here. And I think it's been touted that the government and stuff are looking into it already. Uh, Man City have had a player sent off, John Stones. Um, it's 2-1 in the Aston Villa game. Um, don't know why, just reading about it. Uh, Sean Collins has said, why aren't we blooding in some youth even at the end games? Seems odd. We have nothing to play for now. So why not have a look at a few and see what they can offer? Already covered that one off. And Alan Grimes, fucking boomer. Do you think we can get Ojo or Geordie permanently or back on loan for next season? We've talked about Geordie, Ben. Um, would you want to see Ojo back? I wouldn't be against it if it happened for the right sort of deal. Um, I wouldn't spunk all our transfer budget on him. Um, Kinky. Which is part of the issue because Liverpool clearly now they're short of a few quid. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to look to make it back somewhere, aren't they? Um, but yeah, if, it's, if there was the right sort of deal, I'd bring him back. We could do a lot worse. Tom? Yeah, um, agreed. I think we need a lot of people in through the door. So, like you said, like um, we can't like spend all our money on him, but we, we're going to need a lot of people in next season. So, I, and if he was one of them, I'd be more than happy with that. Maybe we should cover off on one of the, the upcoming pods our kind of transfer list for next year and who you know ideal squads for next year. Maybe that's a good idea, Tom. I think um, so. Thanks for all your Twitter questions. As always twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. That's VFT Ninian. Uh, looking ahead now, Ben, we're coming up. We're coming up. We're coming up. Um, I haven't said that since I double dropped at Elro. Uh, Wickham have an outside chance of staying up. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, uh, they, I, I think they've won. They've won. They have, they have won. Yeah. It's gone um, so that puts them on 35 points, eight points behind Derby in 21st place, uh, four points off the Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham a couple of places above them. The key question here, Ben, would you like us to roll over if it means putting Derby in even more shit? Oh, yeah. I'm fine with losing this. I'm fine with Wickham doing the double over us if it means when he gets relegated. I, I, as I was writing that question, I thought you'd be that way because I, I, I'm, I I'm, I'm a very petty, childish person. I'm yeah. happy to admit that. There's no problem with it. I just think it'd be funny. It would be hilarious if Wayne Rooney got relegated. And I, I'd be happy to help them out in that. In that, but it's part. also Derby as well. And sort of, if we did that, and then sort of just at full time, we put a tweet out with a score, and then just like photoshopped in some snow. 
never rains but it snows. Yeah, something like that would be very, very funny and very, very up my street. Tom, I can see you thinking it isn't a phrase, but what I've done is it never rains but it pours. Oh no, no, I understood that. Yeah, 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 just checking. It wasn't a lot of confusion. Don't worry. And they're not eight. They're not eight points clear. They're uh, they're not eight points beyond this six. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the table. It hasn't updated. Uh, that's no, thirty thirty-seven points. Holy shit! So that they're, they're very oh, yeah. close. I There's tell you what, Wickham have done so much better than I thought they did. When at the start of the season, I genuinely didn't believe they'd win a game. I think. I think what you the, the the way you have to view it is they haven't compromised on the way they run the club. They haven't overspent. They haven't changed the way they play football. They've grown into the season. They've done it with largely the same squad that's been there since League Two. Obviously, they added a few more players this year, but people like, I think it's Matt Broomfield's been there since League Two. Joe Jacobson, obviously, former Cardiff player, has been there since League Two. Uh, Akin Fenn has been with them since League Two. Um, you, I, I mean, Tom, you can't really knock them, can you? No, definitely not. And that, that's the type of football you want to watch, isn't it? Like a, a club that's run properly, you know, it's the heart of the community. You know, you've seen the videos of Ainsworth getting a round of applause from all his neighbours and stuff when they got promoted and he's still got a life playing in a band and things. It's kind of like... Play Sunday the, League as well. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you want from a football club, isn't it? Like, where people feel attached to it. Yeah. Um, you want real people. That's all you want. You want people that feel like they're real. They're not someone that hides behind. Like, like I look at some of the... I'm not going to go into this modern football thing. I don't want to sound like a miserable old bastard, but there are some players that I sort of look at and think you're so far removed from reality that you don't have a clue what's going on. And I don't like that. Go on, name like, him. Well, Pogba's the biggest one, he? Running around with a fucking sleeve like Jeff Hardy in 2002. I can't be arsed with him. It's but he's just... known nothing but football. I think I don't yeah. think that's the player's fault. I think it's yeah. just football in general. Yeah. And I think and he's, he's, he's also got the thing of he's like Manchester United's followings a hundred million times bigger than Wickham's, which makes it difficult for him to sort of be out of a bubble. Like he has to yeah. live his life in a bubble because that's all he knows, but you just don't enjoy it as much. Do you? It's just hard to feel connected to those players. I can't imagine any Man United fan, despite they could go to home and away every game in Europe and in the Premier League, wouldn't feel as close than the average to their club as the average Wickham fan does. That's yeah. a season ticket holder. They're there in and out. No, of course. And that's sort of where it all sort of lies to me is sort of that's where the enjoyment was. Yeah. When you feel closer to your team, you feel a part of the success you're having. I, I think so. I think, yeah, when you look at, you know, especially with, with the onset of football Twitter and things like that, there are so many fans who are running these football Twitter accounts who've probably never been to been to games. They've never never even set foot in the city that they claim to support a football club from. While, while Wickham, like you say, they're intrinsically linked in their community to their football club. They don't get many fans in through the ground because they haven't got a big ground, but everyone who goes is going to be more involved than anyone else. Sorry, Tom, you're going to say something. And I think that's why people are so nostalgic about the Ninian Park days of being in the lower leagues. You know, it's not always about success. Some of it is, you know, it is just nostalgic and there was a lot of shit times that people kind of gloss over. He says where he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, people yearn for that kind of close connection to the club, don't they? And the, the more you get like sponsors like Visit Malaysia and stuff on the front of it. That's why we like shit to say South Wales Echo on the front and brains. Yeah. Do you know I mean it's the connection to that local business as well? And it's like when we come to Hall of Fame, you'll see my choice as well. It you know, it's that little things like that that are part of the match day experience that people absolutely love and yearn for. Yeah. Um Ben, we, uh, you know, with, with the results tonight, Wickham, I think, have only lost one in five. They've won, I think, three of those, almost beat the Jacks. Um, you know, they beat us earlier in the year when it was really bad, um, when Harris was was on the verge of going out, uh, leaving the club. Do, do, you, do you sense any revenge? Do you want any revenge? Or are you just not bothered because the season's done, basically? Um, 
I'm worried. I think like if things aren't sort of there, Wickham could easily turn us over. Mm-hmm. If the players' heads aren't in it, and sort of if they're on the beach, Wickham are going to do us dirty because they're a hard battle inside that work very, very hard. There's a reason after the start they had, they've got to this stage and they're six points from safety. They're still within a chance, which is well more than sort of most people, myself included, gave them. Um, they're going to battle hard, and those but it's not going to be an easy game. Tom, do you want any revenge, or are you would like to the first point? Would you rather lose this game if it means that Derby are in the shit? I wouldn't rather like I'd like to see Derby drop, but I wouldn't go into the game hoping you know we'd lose. But like part of me, I think like you've written it on the agenda as well. I wouldn't mind them staying up so we can go to Adams Park. Yeah, I like I, that was the one game I was looking forward to, like a new ground, like a, a very interesting ground on the edge, like the Chilton stuff. It's, it's not something you kind of see very often. It's just Especially surrounded at this by level football. of football. Yeah, exactly. So I'd quite like them to stay up for that reason. But obviously, I'd rather us win the game. But I'm not going to be gutted if we lose it. And it means a Wickham kind of clawback derby. Um, last question I got about Wickham, Ben. Um, if Mick left now, um, would you take Gareth Ainsworth as manager? Um, I think he... Ainsworth he... Was a, he was a much more tempting proposition 12 months ago. Um, he's clearly got something about him, but... I think if he came in now, he'd be very, he'd feel very much like the same sort of appointment as Mick or, dare I say, someone like Russell Slade. He'd feel a very cheap, safe option. And I can't see him as a yes man. Do you, do you, um, I, see, I don't see it. I, I, the way I see Gareth Ainsworth is that he cuts his cloth accordingly, right? And I think if he came into a club where there was a bit more money, there was a bit more of uh, a better standard of player, nothing, nothing against Wickham, they're, you know. They beat us earlier in the year, so they obviously got good players and we're shite. But if he comes into a club where there's 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 a chance to play more expansive football, it feels like he would adapt to that. And I think that's what would make him a good manager. I, I, don't, I don't doubt he would be a good manager. It's not a case of me saying that he, he'd do a bad job. I don't think he Sounds would. Sounds like it. I think it would be more the fan reaction. He'd never really get a fair chance and you'd feel very much like he'd be you could go on a three-game losing streak and fans would be very quickly calling for his head. He's that kind of appointment. I think I think he'd get a bit more leeway because he's a bit a bit of a character, I think, than someone like Slade, you know, because he's got more to him. And even though he played like nine games for us, he's got that connection to the club as well. Mm-hmm. He'd get a Don't little bit Harris. more. <laughs> Harris played here first. Harris played more games for us than yeah. Ainsworth Rubbish did. The way he left, Harris though. didn't. Harris only played three games. Yeah, he played three games. Really? He fucked up. Ainsworth yeah. played about. Ainsworth played at least seven or nine. Nine, yeah, he, nine I think he played. Yeah. I thought. I thought Harris played ten games. I don't know why. I thought he played no. like ten. Games Harris played. I think he played three. Started one and scored a goal, and then um, fucked off to Nottingham Forest on a permanent transfer. Yeah. Um, well, th- Ainsworth played. I think at least nine games. I, th- I think um, with Ainsworth, though, I, 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 I wouldn't. Like you said, 12 months ago, I think I would have been more tempted by it. And I don't think... He doesn't seem that inventive a manager. I don't know whether that's just because of what he's working with. Mm-hmm. It would it would be an un- untested thing with the resources that he hasn't had before. He may adapt well. He may not. I think it'd be a bit of a gamble. But, you know, again, it's one of those, I wouldn't be upset if he came in as a manager. But I don't... I think there's better options out there. Don't Please don't ask me who they are. Go on. <laughs> Mick, for one, Mick staying. Um, I, I really don't know. Young former Millwall managers currently unemployed, Neil Harris. Which is- yeah, yeah. Um, pre- predictions then, Ben. Saturday's game, Wickham. I presume it's Saturday. I don't know if it's Friday night. I don't know when yeah. the games are anymore. Saturday, yeah. Go on, Ben. Prediction. Um, I'll go a scrappy 1 0 win for C. Tom? 
Uh, 3-1. I'm going to go in the middle, 2-1 Wickham. Uh, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Uh, now rounding off uh, the view from Ninian this week is the view from Ninian Hall of Fame. Uh, each week we pick something from the Cardiff City canon that we're trying to put into the overall Cardiff City Hall of Fame. It could be anything. It could be a goal, a shirt, a sock. It could be a manager. It could be uh, something you did at a ground once. Um, we do the vote on twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, we did a vote recently, didn't we, Ben Price? Um, the last view from Ninian Hall of Fame. Go on then, tell us those results. Who won? Oh, I wonder why you're so fucking cheerful with this. That's because I won. Um, you did. So, with 20% of the votes was uh, Thompson's goal against Southampton. Which we couldn't Keepers find. Keepers wearing cap. <laughs> yeah, couldn't find. We've got a picture from BBC's website from like 2003. <laughs> um, Keepers wearing caps. Uh, got 27%. I thought it was Simon Moore. Turned out it was Dean Henderson in the picture. <laughs> shows the level of I tried to make it a Cardiff connection and I thought oh that's Simon Moore that'll do he played for Cardiff once even though he's playing for Sheffield United no on the gloves which I didn't see at the time because I was in the garden when I sent this tweet um, was a giant DH and then um, romping with it let's be honest a big big win 53% shit kit makers shit kit makers for the win striker spelled S-T-R-I-K-A bluebird influence Cosway Sports I want them all boys I really wanted to sabotage him just put the the red Cosway Sport kit on there as the picture but yeah, I thought that'd be mean didn't that's rude um, everyone loves shit kits and as everyone showed by buying the, the retro card of City South Wales Echo kit um, this week from Copa uh, sponsor us Copa send us a nice shirt uh I'm looking forward to the Copa remakes of the uh, Cosmo Sport kits. To be honest. <laughs> oh <laughs> god, they have to be sized. They have to be sized correctly as well, so they can't fit over your the head. Tight neck, yeah. Have oh. we have, do we have two years of Cosmo Sports kits? One, one year. One. They put out three horrific kits. I couldn't. I oh, yeah, the white, uh, the white third kit, the blue. Oh yeah, because it was. I, I was thinking the blue red, one, blue white, yeah. collider, the co- collar, collider had the collar, but the blue shirt didn't have the collar. It had the round collar. Um, Anyway, uh, moving on then to this week's uh, Hall of Fame. I went first. Um, I, I'll go first because I won last week. Um, and we've already mentioned them already. It's the retro kit maker Copa, or Copper, if you will, Rustling Jimmies. Um, they obviously did a re-release this week of their, um, I think it's 92, 93 um, home shirt. Uh, the South Wales Echo classic kit uh, made by Bluebird. Um, I'm wearing the away version right now, um, but not the Copper version, the original version. Um, and they simply didn't make enough shirts for anyone to buy them. Um, so, yeah, I think yesterday morning Twitter was awash with Cardiff City fans moaning that they've got the shirts in their bag and they, um, as they've gone to check out, it's sold out. Um, and that's just marketing, boys. That's marketing. You create demand yeah. by releasing limited numbers of kits. Uh, but people got quite annoyed. Um, and I'm not I'm not reveling in people's disappointment, but it was just quite funny to see. And the people who did buy them, they've already arrived. They've already within, arrived, within yeah. Within 24 yeah. hours, which is... Which is mad, mental. Which is really annoying people because people are doing so many unboxing things on Twitter and yeah. people are just losing their minds. Um, so, yeah, that was, that's it for me. Copper, copper rustling jimmies. Uh, who wants to go next? Go on, Tom, I'll let you go next, mate. Go on, then. Um, I'm staying on the shirt theme uh, and with a local sponsor theme that I mentioned earlier on as well. And I've gone for the Puma kit with leaks on the front from 2003. Um, I had a look at it earlier when I got in the drawer. And the best thing about this kit is if you look really closely, you can see where they've peeled off Ken Thorne group <laughs> underneath after they went bust. And I just love the kind of like amateurism of that shirt where they've just gone, 
fuck it, use the same ones, put something over the top. And for me as well, being uh, from West Wales, as we've mentioned, there was a leaks in croissants. And it was the first time I'd ever saw Cardiff shirts on sale outside of Cardiff in the little sports section at the top of leaks. So for me, it's like a really like an resonates of growing up as a Cardiff fan in West Wales and the excitement of just seeing it in a shop for the first time. Um, so me, I had the kit, my sister had the kit, and I've, I've re-bought it again recently. So yeah, and Gareth Ainsworth wore it as well. So there's a little segue for you. We have a we have a history of um, just putting new logos over old logos, don't we? Because I think we did it when we changed the logo in 2012-13. A lot of the, some of the hats had the new logo just ironed over the old badge. Um, the first batch of um, red kits had it as well. Yeah, and, so, I, and um, I've got an M- one without the sponsor because we didn't manage to get one before we got Spobet as well. We've just got we've just had just we had the sponsor King Seven 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 or whoever it. they were. Didn't yeah. have a license to operate in the UK, so they couldn't sponsor us. <laughs> we're, uh, uh, good, isn't it? Yeah, very good club. Very well Very run. good club. And Ben Price, you can round it off with your nomination. So I'm continuing on the clothing theme. Um, I'm going for Vincent Hans trousers. <laughs> um, I just don't know how you get something that long and so high. Just how, like, they've got to be tailor-made. And it's just impressive just how long those legs are to go. Like, he's not a massive bloke. I think if you look on Wikipedia, I don't know how tall Vincent Tan is. But um, 90% of him is trouser. (laughs) So Um, I'm just really, really impressed with just, yeah, just his trousers and just how high up they go. And how like they're they're tucked in tight as well. How they've not cut off circulation to the bottom half of his body as well is impressive. And, you know, the if man- people want to send pictures in of themselves with their trousers that high, you know? Yeah, all that for that. <laughs> like, as high as you can get your trousers, send pictures interview from me and I'll retweet them. Um, <laughs> the best one I'll put into the thing next week. Fuck it. Sounds like a challenge. Um, I'm, it- I'm giving up here. I'm, I'm doing the card, if you know, playing the kids of this. But just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> didn't didn't know this. Didn't understand. How many kids do you think he's got? No looking on Wikipedia. I've just seen. I've got Wikipedia open because I was trying oh, to find his height. Eleven. Yeah, eleven. Oh, that's a random guess. <laughs> yeah. It's eleven kids. Are you guys thinking what I'm thinking for the weekend then? What? Just fucking sign him up. Stick them out. I honestly ben, play the kids with your track record. Didn't know where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know where that was going. Anyway, got, that's a, the view. got a certificate through the post to say it's not that, so you know. <laughs> that's the view from the Ninian Hall of Fame this week. Um, ben, when will the vote go up this week? It's Wednesday already, so <laughs> I don't know. This is coming out to, this is coming out on Thursday, so um it'll Sunday. probably go out Saturday. We've got a game on Saturday. Do you want to do it Sunday? Uh, yeah. Just do it now. Do it now, yeah. Do it tomorrow. Um, so that's a view from the Indian Hall of Fame check it out on twitter.com search the hashtag VFTNHOF uh, follow us on twitter.com while you're there VFTNinian if you like what you do we do I like what you do I like what you do go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFTNinian where you can make a little donation into our coffee pot um, you can sign up to a recurring donation or you can just give us the cost of a coffee once um, that's it for another episode of View from the Ninian on a Wednesday night what a weird night to do it Ben Price what are you going to do it's 9.20 what are you going to do for the rest of the evening I got a bit of pizza downstairs. I might have a slice of that and go to bed. I've, got, I've still got to finish watching um, 
Finding uh, the Jack Charlton documentary on BBC. Oh, brilliant. I thought, I thought you were going to say Finding Nemo for some That's reason. I <laughs> no, I need to I finish that documentary. I've heard it's um I've heard it's quite an emotional uh, watch. I'm halfway through and it was very it was getting to the point where they're sort of getting into the dementia stuff and it was very, very sad. But it also sort of the success they had reminded me of the Wales with the Euros as well. It was quite I felt the connection to it, I felt the kinship to that whole sort of thing. And it was um it's a great documentary so far, so watch it. Right. And this isn't socially distant sports bar, but fuck them. <laughs> uh, Tom, what are you going to do for the rest of your night? A very similar vibe. Uh, I'm watching American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, watch me some brisket. I like brisket. Um, and I've got, I've got a sun exotic pineapple and coconut waiting for me downstairs. Oof, so oof. I'm going to absolutely chin that and probably watch Line of Duty. Um because, you know, got to catch those bent coppers, boys. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening once again. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Monday when um, after the next game. So see you then, lads. See you. Mother of God. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? Do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>